Thought-provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK. Tall, dark, and handsome? Not a chance. But we're here anyway, Jim Chapman, uh, along with Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. And I don't yeah. include either of you in that in that non-dark uh, and handsome. <laughs> I, was just, I was just about to say thank you. None, none <laughs> yes, I'm the guy who doesn't make that cut. Um, it's nice to have you both here. Those of you who perhaps are unfamiliar with Bob and Jeff, uh, they have been regular uh, panelists on this program for many years. And, and Jeff comes from a, uh, shall we say, the uh, the slightly pink side of the Liberal Party. And uh, Bob is very involved in the Freedom Party, which is, uh, as he's made the point before, is not necessarily a party on the right, but a distinctly different political philosophy from Jeff, so I think it's fair to say that. Um, and I think there's another difference here in that the, the party that w- with which Jeff has been aligned for many years has been the party in power in this in this country for much of the life of this party. Bob's party is a newer one that uh, would like to get some of that power. So I just want I want to kind of set that that the two of them have sort of different different uh, uh, perspectives. I think on on what my question is today, and I'm quite fascinated to hear what they both have to say. We interviewed in the last half hour Professor Paul Nesbitt Larkin from here on University here on Huron University College. Is that right? I believe I think it that's is. correct. Yes. Uh, about an article he'd written in the National Post today, in which he posits that political parties, as we know them today, are waning in influence for a variety of reasons because their their policies are less distinct than they once were there's a sort of a national disenchantment with politics and it's being reflected uh, in people's shifting allegiances and so on and so on so, but the the bottom line is he he believes that they're becoming less important as he he said that they still retain a lot of importance. They still accomplish uh, or provide a lot of things, a lot of services in terms of organizing people and lots of stuff. But but the the old idea that there's an automatic allegiance to uh, to party A and party A stands for one, two, three, four, and five, and uh, the people who are who are, are allied with uh, loyal to party B, uh, party B stands for five, six, seven, eight, nine, and they all know exactly what those things are, and that's who they vote for. He said it's gone, or at least it's going. So. Bob, I'm going to ask you because your your party is a much newer party than the Liberal Party, and I want to sort of get your objective to, to aid of what Paul said and whether you think it has any real. I mean, do you agree? And does well, it have any real implications was, for a party like yours? I, well, I'm just going to make a general statement first. Um, I was quite surprised by his statement because my experience in elections is that party is all leader and party. Sorry, that's what the way it was just last well, provincial and, election and, and, and last and federal. And he election. also acknowledged, and I said this many times in this program, the conventional mm. political wisdom is. That uh, it's leader first, party second, local candidate third. That's mm-hmm. how people. And vote. I don't see that changing because it's not possible for people on a mass scale to focus on every individual candidate and every individual riding and and try to discern some sort of uh, consistency out of all the chaos. Um, you know, I heard you earlier. I don't know if it was this week or last week, but you had me just laughing and rolling when you said you were reading one of the party platforms and it was all blather. Mm-hmm. And that's what they all are. Mm-hmm. They're pure blather. They just mom mom and apple pie stuff because if you say anything to the public you give them a reason to vote against you mm-hmm. okay that's the whole process you have all political parties as they are today uh operate in this vacuum of of non-intellectual uh, no ideas no policies they don't want anybody to even know what they're thinking really and um but the other trend that I do agree is happening, and is, and I consider very dangerous, uh, that Mr. Larkin said, was uh, this trend toward direct democracy. This idea that, that voting and democracy are somehow 
intertwine us the greatest misunderstanding of the western world and and the rest of the world voting and democracy have nothing to do with each other you could have a beautiful democracy without any voting and you can have a country that votes like crazy and well, is a totalitarian say, dictatorship how could you have a democracy without voting isn't that the very essence of democracy is people have an opportunity to speak voting their minds? is just process a democracy means and only means as a distinctive characteristic from all other systems is that everyone is equal before and under the law that what the rulers do if they pass a law it applies to them too it's there's no distinction in terms of classes of people under a true democracy you wouldn't have indian reservations and in quebec separating and all on all these group things a democracy everyone would have the same rights before and under the law and that's really not what politics is about today today politics is about one thing one thing only greed get as much money as you can out of the pocket of the other guy for something you want and those are the kind of people that get involved in politics well jeff you're involved in politics Generally. is that the kind of guy you are well i haven't got the big payoff yet <laughs> i'm not quite able to retire yet uh, and uh, well be patient you know the liberal party does exactly, reward the faithful exactly well i'm thinking about going into advertising well, and see if that helps <laughs> you have got the payoff. What are you talking about? You got free medicine. You got free free health care. Oh, that kind free, of payoff. Free, sure. That's what well, it's all that's, about. That's pay for uh, or pay, uh, paying for services rendered. Uh, I thought it was that it was going to be that, uh, that you go into politics because of the um, the big party machine, like uh, what was no, the name paying of for the one in uh, New York in the eighteen hundreds? The Tammany the, uh, Hall. Tammany Hall. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you well, think of, of Professor Nesbitt Larkin's premise that the parties are are losing some of this power to command votes? Well, I think that's interesting, and, it, and it's good for uh, for academics to pose these questions to make us think about things. Uh, I, I had I didn't hear what he what he said. I just caught a tiny bit of it, but uh, I, I think that uh, that there's something to be said for that in the sense that certainly in Canada, one of the pet peeves amongst rank and file liberals is that uh, we go off to policy conventions every two or three years, and uh, we pass a bunch of policies, and the government may or may not pay attention to us. They may ignore us completely. That the sense is that the prime minister has a huge amount of power. Uh, I remember reading one time about how uh, our Prime Minister has probably more power than just about any other leader of any country in the world. That Certainly in the United States, uh, Congress and the Senate have a huge mm -hmm. power that the President does not have. Yep. And, uh, you know, in, in, in Canada, it doesn't work that way at all, that, uh, that you've got... Um, Again, a, a powerful central figure who, who who really runs the show. Even in England, you've got the House of Lords, I guess, as a bit of a, a trade-off against uh, uh, Parliament. Well, there's a, the, you know the, the the comment that's sometimes off, often jokingly made that we have an elected dictator. In fact, there's more truth than fiction to that. Yes, no, that's right. Now, having said that, it, it seems to work okay by and large. Like uh, our country seems to, to lurch its way along, and uh, we have our our scandal of the day or crisis of the week or whatever, and yet somehow we seem to lurch along uh, not badly. Uh, but but it's interesting to me that you know when i got involved in politics i had the idea that politics were were kind of immutable and that uh, you know there'd always been a liberal party and there'd always been a conservative party and and ever it shall be and, and as i got more into it i realized that parties are evolving all the time things are changing all the time and i think about how you know there used to be a big liberal party in england and and it's long gone mm -hmm. uh you know that certainly in our time i believe within the last year we've seen uh, you know the, with maybe the end of a of a, an era in some respects with a progressive conservative party uh, other people would say it's a, a continuation or an evolution i guess but uh, it, the things things are always changing, and uh, that again, parties come and go uh, and ebb and flow, and and uh, again, a lot I think comes back to the leader. That uh, if the leader is somebody who who is. Um, a powerful personality they're going to have more influence H having said that i look at one of the most powerful uh, personalities of the last uh, 40 years was margaret thatcher and the party dumped her mm -hmm. throughout and uh, but that wouldn't happen in canada she well, would not have been dumped in well canada. it could 
Uh, I, I, I believe not in the way it happened there. Let's put no, it that no, way. that's true. But but uh, I we don't we don't have cabinet revolts in this country. Well, it's not part of our tradition. No, but but it, but it's interesting that uh, people need to understand that the prime minister essentially is not a role that exists in our law. Our constitution. He's the first say. among equals. Well, that's right. That essentially they're all MPs, and the MP, some MPs got together one day and said, "I think we'll have a party, and I think that we'll have a leader." And uh, any day, theoretically, those elected MPs can decide he's not our leader anymore. He's not the prime minister anymore. Mm -hmm. So, so that could happen, as you say, it never does. But there's nothing. There's nothing. No formality uh, to the power that the prime minister wields. It's all by tradition. Okay, okay let me ask you this yeah. question then, because one of the one of the points I put to Professor uh, Nesbitt Larkin, one of the questions. Uh, surrounded this idea that we see essentially in the broadest of strokes two different kinds of candidates get elected and the first kind is the candidate that brings some personal charisma some personal influence some personal community involvement some personal support and and lends that to the party and then becomes you know the party lends its abilities uh, all, all things it has to offer and the two of them together get the person elected and we, and we see examples of that all the time uh, I think of uh, Alan Rock for example maybe is a good good one of a fellow very prominent in his community uh, Jack Layton another guy very prominent in his community built a huge support network and so on and kind of brought this star power uh, with him when he when he assumed this uh, this position as leader of the NDP although he has you know he's still got to get elected for that but uh, to, to the house but uh, in the next election but uh and then you've got a lot of the, the sort of the people who the, the quote the, the professor referred to them as people that come in on the coattails sort of you know nondescript uh undistinguished uh just you know ordinary joes and josephines who for one reason or another managed to get a managed to get a nomination and they're they're you know particularly inspiring on the on the stump and yeah they, they got drunk one night and somebody stuck well, a nomination well, paper well, in front of them but but uh and and they end up and they get elected because they've got as a strong party and a strong leader and they get elected so what I asked Paul was, if in fact we are moving to a situation where the parties may have a little less influence and, and the candidates may have a little more, people may be looking a little more towards that star quality, it, would, would that be a good thing or a bad thing? Would we be better off if we had more sort of outspoken, charismatic, uh, uh, hard-thinking people in, in Ottawa and fewer of the, you know, the trained seals as they're often referred to? I think that's a question you can't answer in a vacuum. Um, a person might be charismatic and might be Adolf Hitler. A person could be charismatic and could be Winston Churchill. Mm -hmm. um, it's the ideals that the person represents and the direction they're taking the government in. Um, I will not vote for any candidate of any party to support socialized medicine. Mm -hmm. I will not vote for any candidate of any party ever. I don't care what the reasons are mm -hmm. that supports uh, communist-run uh, education, which is what we have here. Mm -hmm. um, basically, our medicine's communist, too, because you can't buy your own when you want to. That, that even goes beyond socialism. Mm -hmm. So I would not support any of the parties that are committed to saying we're going to support our health care system, and Paul Martin is screaming that loud and clear right now, so he wouldn't even be on my list. He's mm -hmm. the Antichrist, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. but you're right. You really, so, can't, you really can't depend. You know, uh, like I look policy, at policy, policy. That's what I'm saying. Forget yeah. about the people. I'd but, rather we had robots there that, that, that were programmed with the proper policies and people who are just fighting amongst themselves for their personal interests and political interests and all sorts of other things. But I think that the, that the, the uh, candidate does wield a huge influence with the average Joe. And I look at, uh, at examples of where you've got uh, competing strong people in a government, like, for instance, when Paul Martin and, and Cartier were going at it. And I don't know whether that ultimately was a good thing or not, but the two of them, you know, very strong personalities, both alpha males fighting it out for uh, who's going to run the, the, the country. Um, and there certainly was a lot of 
of tension. On the other hand, you look at uh, Al Gore and Bill Clinton seem to get along pretty well. They mm -hmm. both seem to be pretty highly respected and seem to work effectively together. Uh, so, so I think all things being equal, you'd like the smartest, most committed people you can get uh, if they can work together. But the reality is we often don't get that, and I'm not going to name any names, but there are people who have been elected to various political posts in this city over the last 20 years from whom you would never buy a used car. Um, who a classroom that teaching you would never darken the door of that classroom. <laughs> you wouldn't buy an insurance policy from them, and you wouldn't let them fix your shoes. You know no, what I'm no. saying? Well, on the other hand, though, you're saying I'm they're right. ideally suited for politics. Well, <laughs> <laughs> apparently so, because some of them have been elected. Right. But I'm reminded of uh, I remember uh, was it. Um, uh, Johnny McDonald had a line talking about uh, what he was looking for in a cabinet minister, and, and he wasn't looking for the stars. He was looking for people who would be loyal to him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like he, he he was confident he could run the show. All he needed was people who were going to give him the votes and back him. I always remember his line about how he said, you know, anybody can find people who will back you when you're right. What I need is to find people who will back me when I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But isn't that really, isn't that the essence of government? <laughs> yeah, someone somewhere, in spite of what we would like to think, someone somewhere has a vision. And that person has to assemble that right or wrong support. And if you can't do it, Joe Clark couldn't do it, never really made a national mark as a leader. John Turner couldn't assemble the right or wrong support. Uh, if you know, you, that's if you really the it, purpose of a political party, and that's why I don't see political parties fading too, too distant. You know, there might be more of them, but they're, they have that function to coagulate around them all the people of like-minded, mm -hmm. uh, you know, general directional. You'll find all, all kinds of differences mm -hmm. amongst individuals. But generally, that's the choice. And, and I really, you know, Paul Arkin was saying this morning that... Uh, you know, even if even if you're reduced to the lesser of three evils, you should you know still go for it. I, I disagree with that entirely. I think if you're voting for evil, you're voting for evil, mm -hmm. and that's by your own standard. I'm not pushing that standard on anybody. If somebody by the by their own words admits they're voting for the lesser of three evils, then then that's what they're doing. <laughs> you're voting for evil. Listen, right. we we don't we don't support that here. We don't uh, want any evil <laughs> voting going on, uh, but we do have to succumb to. Uh, the pressures of the moment and pause. We will do that. Some important messages coming your way, and then we'll be back with more on Talk of the Town. London's Talk of the Town with Jim Chapman. Left, right, and center. Bob Metz, Jeff Schlemmer with us. We're talking about the, the possible decline of political parties and, and what some of the implications for that might be. I want to come back to what we are talking about. Jeff, I'll ask you about this too, this, this idea of sort of the, the star candidates. What if we had more of them? Because we certainly do have some now. Uh, what if we had more of them? Would that be a good thing or a bad thing? Would it? Would it? Be, you know, they might. Might it be a more fractious place, not unlike the Americans, where I think you can make the case. Although people could argue, I think you could make the case that that sort of personal charisma does count for a little more in the states. Well, I think that ideally our leaders would lead us. You know, they're the people who have the charisma. They're the people that we naturally want to follow. So, so the higher the caliber of the candidate the better. And I guess it doesn't have to follow that just because someone has a strong ego and because someone is confident and all that, that they can't take orders. You know, that uh, in the military that's supposed to happen. Uh, and I look at uh, Colin Powell, for instance, who was recruited heavily by the Republicans and by the de Democrats. Mm -hmm. Anybody would be glad to have him. You know, and I think he's done a lot of tongue biting in the last couple of years, but by and large he's he's hung in there uh, because again, he's a loyal soldier who, who follows orders and, and obviously a very accomplished person, but who recognizes that the system system can only work with one leader and a hierarchy of command. So in that kind of a system, if we have uh, a discipline within uh, within a government, uh, then you should be able to have the the very best and brightest. You know, I watch the West Wing every every week and go, well, why can't we have a Nobel Prize winning leader? You know? <laughs> why can't those writers write for the House of Congress? 
you know, it's always great. It would be wonderful to have a charismatic type of person to represent whatever ideals you you like. You know, that's that's the greatest feeling in the world to see somebody who can not only move the intellect and the morality issue, but also the emotions. But there therein lies the danger mm -hmm. with a charismatic leader, is that to a group of uh, to to a constituency that maybe hasn't worked out the 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 moral and intellectual issues involved and is only swayed by the emotion uh, you can lead a country into disaster because a lot of things that feel good are terrible for us mm -hmm. you know That's and, true. and that includes in politics well we've got german last names so we have to be very careful of that <laughs> <laughs> they, seem, they said it not me we, folks. we seem like smart well-educated people but every so often we get a little seduced the the uh <laughs> the idea that um again that this hierarchy of leader party and candidate is is being disrupted somewhat uh how important do you guys view the leaders in this next election uh we we have seen mr martin certainly has appears to have weathered the storm although we have to remember that and we have to always put this in context and i like to keep reminding people of this in canada when we talk about a party winning the election and winning the confidence of the people and as mr martin talks about winning a mandate what he means is he's got to win 40 percent of the people who come out to vote that's all he has to do, and he's got—he's won a majority. He forms the government, so it's not—it's not as though he's winning the support of the majority of mm -hmm. the people. But and that's about half the people who are going to come out to vote. So it's forty uh, percent of, well, of, of fifty percent. Well, so. I think it's going to be higher than fifty, but it's still—it's still a—it's still a, not yeah. a—you know—it's—it's—he's not even if he wins a landslide, he hasn't got the support of the people. However, um, how important are the leaders this very, time around? Very, yeah. always, always. Le the leader is the personification of the party and if elected of the country and that's the image you'll be putting forth um, I didn't really come to this critical realization until I saw a, a number of news analyses of George Bush just mm -hmm. shortly after he got elected before the war and mm -hmm. all that stuff yeah. and the, and how important the identity of a leader and the pr what he projects is to a party because as they all pointed out within even the Republican Party there are wingnuts and there are people all over the spectrum mm -hmm. you know because they they're not all perfect although mm -hmm. they're generally more say blue than pink okay mm -hmm. um, so it is up to the leader to to capture that and if you got the wrong person there even though he may be a great person may have all the right ideas um, you know, it is an asset. It's like being an actor or an actress. You know, if you got good looks, you're going to get further ahead. It's just simple. Is that you know? what happened to Bob Stanfield? Because people have, uh, many people have commented that he's the best prime minister we never had. That, um, he, that he, people, when they, they just, they you just know, looked People said him. that about Jerry Ford, too, who wasn't even elected in the States, you know, and they, they thought he was one of the better presidents he reduced taxes did all sorts of things mm -hmm. that all the others promised to do but never got around to doing but we look at stanfield and, and here's a guy who uh, was articulate and and uh, visionary and uh, very funny and in private and so on but people looked at him and listened to his public pronouncements and i think a lot of people went well i don't want him running my country i don't i don't want people yeah, to look at him and think there's canada that's canada i don't want that there's definitely an emotional reaction and you know if i listen to somebody i hate to say it like like my mom you know you know, she'll comment, oh, I didn't like the way his tie looked, mm -hmm. or I don't, mm -hmm. don't like something about his looks, or he's got a funny look. And I just, I can, I just picture that a million times over with various people who really don't understand the politics behind it. So they're left with the superficial part of it to try and make a judgment. But, but if, if that's all it was, Warren Beatty would be president of the United States. Well, because he's not. that's not all it is. There's a filtering system through the party system. You, you know, once once the candidates are filtered out, what you've got to make a decision on is what what's going. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the decisions were all made before you get to look at the candidate or the potential party leader.
So as, as we move into this election, which uh, there were some reports yesterday that the Prime Minister had a meeting scheduled with the Governor General today. We still haven't heard anything mm -hmm. whether that's happened or whether, you know, whether he's gone to ask for permission to dissolve Parliament or not. We don't know. But in any case, it appears more and more likely. And Jeff, maybe you've got some inside for us on this, but it looks as though that we'll have an election sooner rather than later. Uh, if we t if we stripped the parties away and simply looked at the leaders uh, and, and assumed that the party platforms don't count for much, uh, who impresses you and who doesn't? As far as the leaders go, yeah. Um, well, I guess uh, if you if you had to pick <clears throat> one of them to carry your standard in the battle, and let's assume that in your case your standard is not the Liberal Party, just right. whatever idea you like, which one of those of the three big guys would you be most comfortable leading leading the challenge for you or leading the charge for you? Well, for me, it would be Jack Layton, without question. That uh, a thing about Jack and uh, a danger of being of being uh, sort of telegenic and articulate is that uh, that people will then parody that, and then that becomes the joke. But any time that I've met him, he seems like a, a an awfully bright guy who seems surprisingly moderate to me uh, and anybody who can rise to be the head of the um, uh, Canadian Association of uh, Municipalities can't be a, a wingo you know mm -hmm. it's a fairly steady conservative bunch uh, who who run city councils by and large in the in the country so he's somebody who I think is pretty moderate pretty articulate but yet still progressive. Paul Martin, I, I've just never gotten a read on the fellow, frankly, that I've heard him speak, and he, and he always says exactly what I want to hear, but I've never actually seen him do any of those things. You know, he'd give a speech one day about preserving the social programs that his father built, and then the next day he'd make massive cuts to transfer payments that savage health care. So I just... <laughs> I'm, well, you're I'm kind of talking about policy now. Weren't, well, weren't you sort of no, getting I'm more at the person, charismatic well, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about the person, though, that if, yeah. you're, if you're going to savage health care, then you should give a speech talking about why that's a good idea. You know, you shouldn't come out. So Jack's your guy, because we're almost yeah. out of time. And Bob, uh, again, well, you uh, see, I thought the question was sort of in in, in a vacuum. You know, policy yeah, aside, which way. would I, which would I, I, I really find them all fairly equal. If mm -hmm. I if I were to put policy aside, yeah. you know, or even their credibility, I don't believe half of what they say. Yeah, just because of the promises they make are not sure physically possible. So so, but I I've seen them all in action in terms of speaking, and I would say you've got in terms of that charismatic level, I would put them all. Toe to toe, really? Because yeah. well, I'm, I'm with Jeff. I'd go with Layton of the three. I saw Layton on your show actually, on mm -hmm. on the cable show a while ago, and he came across very well. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen uh, Harper, and he looks looks and sounds good too. And I've even seen Paul Martin look and sound good well, in the right Stephen's arena. Stephen's done an amazing job in the last but, couple of years. Like you can't you can't underestimate the achievement that he mm -hmm. that he has brought. Or brought and he, I think he is often underestimated yes. because a lot of the quote liberal press uh, continues to hammer away at them uh, for the hidden agenda and all that sort of stuff and he's managed to build a party in spite of that he has and, and he's a he's a quiet steady guy who's just working away there beetling away and and to some extent you know i, I always think that i'm going to be visited by the sins that he is which is uh, the sins of youth that you say these things when you're younger but then as you evolve and get older and more mature you get steadier and he seems a lot steadier to me than than the kinds of things that people are attributing to him from his past gentlemen i thank you both it'll be interesting to see how steady all of them are in the uh, election which we uh, again keep speculating will be sooner rather than later bob metz and jeff schlemmer always a pleasure and thanks to both thanks of you again thanks